Hello and welcome to Cinema Chat with David Heath. I am your host, David Heath. It's such a coincidence that I have the same name. Uh, but uh, on this show, we celebrate movies from the past and even from the present. Um, from the 1890s all the way to today. Uh, we are celebrating the, the movies, shining a light on... Hollywood and trying to have a little bit of fun. And uh, today we're not going to talk about too fun of a movie, but uh, it is a great movie nonetheless. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the movie from 1957, The Bridge on the River Kwai. And um, it's uh, directed by David Lean, and it's uh, written by, the, the, the book was written by uh, Pierre Bull. And uh, it was the best picture of 1957 and also the highest grossing picture of 1957. Doesn't always happen that way. Uh, but uh, it stars Alec Guinness as Colonel Nicholson and William Holden as uh, U.S. Navy Commander Shears. And he, except he's not really an officer, but <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, the Movie set in 1943, obviously World War II uh, time, and, and there's a group of Allied soldiers uh, that are captured in in a Japanese POW camp, and it's all about building a bridge, and the movie's a lot more exciting than than the, just building a bridge, though. And a lot more compelling is really probably the, the proper turn. Um, the famous uh, whistling song uh, written by Malcolm Arnold um, is in this movie. Uh, the song was written in 1914. And, you know, it's... You know, that's how that music right there. Uh, the um, the the British soldiers are not losing their uh, their spirit as they march along to uh, the command of Colonel Nicholson, again played by Alec Guinness, and they're marching along to his command, even though they're in a prisoner of war camp, and it's really a sight to see, very pri very prideful. Yeah, very proud group of soldiers, and and Colonel Nicholson, as we find out through the film, is a very proud man who is um, a stickler for rules. Well, they are forced to surrender, and they end up uh, in the in the camp, and and um, uh, and they are told that uh, by Colonel uh, Sato. And I'm not sure if it's Saito or Saito uh, because it's pronounced both ways during the film. And, um, and, but he informs the British troops that they will help build a bridge. And the bridge is uh, going to end up being uh, a, um, a tremendous use uh, for the Japanese uh, in, the, uh, in the war. Uh, so, um, uh, but quickly... Uh, Colonel Nicholson tells Saito that the Geneva Convention 
forbids ordering officers to do manual labor because the Colonel, Colonel Sato, that is, tells Colonel Nicholson that he will be part of the building of the bridge as well as the other officers that were captured. And, and Allegheny's character, Colonel Nicholson, says, oh, no, no, we're not doing that. Um, and he even has a copy of <laughs> the Geneva Convention uh, rules on his, uh, uh, in his pocket. And he pulls it out and, and, and informs uh, the uh, Japanese colonel what's going on. And, and it becomes a standoff. Uh, it, uh, they quickly get involved in a battle of wills. And, and Colonel Nicholson will not let his officers do manual labor. It is extremely, it's an extremely important point to him. And and there are, there are several reasons why, but uh, but basically he didn't want uh, the will of his soldiers or the spirit of his soldiers to be broken. And as long as somebody is in charge of of the of them, um, then they're gonna they're gonna feel better. But anyway, uh, William Holden plays a guy that's been prisoner there for. Um, a little while, and and he, I think I'm unclear on whether or not he, how long he's he's been in prison there. But he's much more jaded and compliant and compromising. Um, he realizes he's more of a realist, and Colonel Nicholson, played by Alec Guinness, is an idealist, and he's just not having his officers uh, do manual labor. Uh, we find out later in the film that uh, William Holden's character, he, he wasn't really an officer. Um, he pretended to be an officer so he'd get better treatment. And, and um, it's questionable whether or not he received that better treatment, but he did do manual labor. Uh, but there's a huge standoff, and the good, good solid uh, third of the film revolves around the standoff between the two colonels, Colonel Nicholson uh, from the British and Colonel Saito uh, from the Japanese. And in the beginning, the Japanese colonel threatens murder against um, the officers. And um, he's quickly t taken off of that and said, you know, when... Being advised not to commit murder against uh, against these soldiers or these officers uh, because there were lots of witnesses, and so he quickly relents and doesn't doesn't do that. But what he does do is he uh, puts the officers in the in the uh, barbed wire fence, and uh, he puts Colonel Nicholson, Alec Guinness, in a little box. And uh, it's important to note how freaking hot it was there. Um, you know, that we don't know how hot it was, but we imagine it's somewhere near uh, 90 degrees, and here he is in this little box. And uh, and I can't stress enough that it's a box. It's This is not a place that a human being should be sitting in. Uh, but... Uh, he tries torturing him uh, through solitary confinement in that small box in the heat. 
but Nicholson main, remains steadfast. And and as he says in the movie, I am adamant. Um, you know, he's not going to let his officers do manual labor. Well, um, no spoiler intended, but uh, but because it's the first act of the film, uh, finally Saito finally allows Nicholson to uh, command uh, the the building of the bridge, and they have a sit down with each other, and and uh, the Japanese colonel says to the British colonel, uh, you know, um, do you think you can build that bridge uh, in time? And he and he, his answer was, well, um, uh, I I I think it's impossible, but we will do our best. And uh, it just shows uh, the will and the spirit of Colonel Nicholson was just ridiculously unbelievable. I mean, it's just such a such a great character, and you know, it's um, fun to think about somebody if somebody is really that interested in following the letter of the law and being that prideful uh, but uh, but he won the battle of the wills and the big problem that colonel saito had and he even cries uh he breaks down and cries during the film uh, because he's worried about his fate if he cannot build this bridge and because he, he's been told under no uncertain terms that he's got to build the, this, get this bridge built, and that's why he was so adamant about the the officers uh, doing manual labor because he needed the extra hands. Uh, but what he didn't realize that is that if those officers would just act as supervisor, uh, then they would they would do they would do a better job, and indeed um, that's something that they they strive for. Uh, but uh, uh, the film has wonderful pictures and colors, um, you know, great camera work, lots of terrific quiet moments um, during the film that with uh, still intensity. Uh, Guinness is terrific. Um, Holden is great as the unlikely counterpart, and they are kind of counterparts in, in a way. Uh, but uh, I love the blue sky in this film. And, you know, there's something about movies from the 50s. Um, I know we we talked about The Searchers a couple of years ago on, on the podcast. And The Searchers just has such a beautiful blue sky. And I would say the same thing with The Bridge on the River Kwai uh, made the same year. Uh, or... Same decade, I'm sorry, not the same year, but same decade. But anyway, the Bridge on the River Kwai uh, has some really great moments of uh, of seeing the sun uh, or the sky, or the blue sky. I mean, and uh, and you can tell how sweltering hot it, it probably was um, during the during the the shooting and and during you know it was filmed on location in Burma and it was uh, extraordinarily hot. Well, Alec Guinness uh, won Best Actor, uh, but he wasn't the first choice. Uh, they, Dave, David Lean really wanted Charles Lawton. And for one reason or another, Charles Lawton did not make himself available. And the, the scuttlebutt was uh, that 
Lawton didn't really want to film uh, a movie uh, in extreme heat or extreme circumstances like that. And uh, he was getting up there in age. Uh, so it was likely that that's, that's the case. He probably just didn't want to get, you know, too hot. Um, uh, David Lean um, let Alec Guinness know several times that he wasn't the first choice. And, and, uh, but Alec Guinness was perfect in this role. And it's just, Alec Guinness is just, was just an extraordinary actor. Uh, but David Lean won Best Director. Uh, he, he won the job, though, over these guys. Listen to these names. John Ford, William Wyler, Howard Hawks, and or Orson Welles. Um, they were all, oh, they were all asked to do this project. Orson Welles was promised a role in the film and uh, a and the director's position, uh, but for one reason or another, they all turned it down. And uh, again, it might have been the uh, the location. They probably just didn't want to spend uh, months out of their lives um, in this extreme heat and these circ in these circumstances. And I imagine that's what it was. But David Lean uh, got the nod, and he did he did win the best director, and obviously the film won best picture too. Uh, you know, but Lean hated Alleganis. But but what's funny is they worked together uh, in not just in this film, but they worked together in Great Expectations, Oliver Twist, Lawrence of Arabia, Doctor Zhivago, and A Passage to India. And if you're going to write down a list of David Lean's, you know, best movies, all these movies, you know, and then would would be in that list, as well as Bridge and Liver Kwai, you know, well, will most certainly be in on most people's top of the list. Interesting stuff. Uh, but Alec Guinness was known for his theater work. He wasn't a really big name in 1957. Uh, in the United States, uh, he won a Tony Award uh, as well as winning an Oscar for uh, for this film. Uh, he was nominated again uh, for Star Wars twenty years later uh, for Best Supporting Actor, but did not win that one. Um, Alec Guinness died in two thousand of cancer. Uh, David Lean won Oscar for Best Director, uh, and he also won five years later for Lawrence of Arabia in 1962. A Passage to India in 1984 was his final film, and that got some praise as well. He was uh, married six times before his death in 1991. Um, David Lean has three films on the AFI 100 list. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna botch his name. I'm not sure how to pronounce the name. Sesu uh, Hayakawa uh, played uh, the the Japanese colonel, um, and uh, he was a huge star in silent films. Um, and his first movie was in 1914, and he was a big star uh, in the silent films. He was uh, he played a handsome leading role. Um, uh, most of the time, and until he got a little older, 
and with the talkies, he started becoming more of a character. He started becoming a character actor, and um, uh, but he he starred in Tokyo Joe uh, with Humphrey Bogart in nineteen forty nine, and Swiss Family Robinson in nineteen sixty. Two notable films for Hayakawa. Uh, he was born in eighteen eighty six. And he died in 1973. Uh, Ann Sears appears in this film. Uh, she is she kind of brought um, a little uh, lightness to the film, uh, sort of being uh, kind of a relief, somewhat comic relief. But um, she's not really the one with the funny lines. But her scenes are a lot lighter, and uh, there is. Um, a little bit of relief when she comes on the screen. Um, it was her biggest role other than starring in, in Lady of Vengeance, um, which came out the same year. Uh, William Holden uh, played a contrasting role from Alec Guinness's role. Uh, he was practical and was really annoyed uh, by Colonel Nicholson's stubbornness. And he really didn't understand why Colonel Nicholson was so steadfast. And uh, he borderline despised him, <laughs> I would say. Uh, but William Holden got a million dollars for his role in this. Um, he was the king of Hollywood in the 50s. Um, it was a less than $3 million budget. So he got more than a third of the budget. That's pretty pretty amazing um you know some other examples of movies he was bit he was in uh uh sabrina sunset boulevard uh styling 17 which was another pow movie um and uh, and then much later network in 1971 uh he died in 1981 and he was only 63 uh veteran british actor jack hawkins um uh, play, uh, played major, uh, major, major warden, and if I can spit it out, uh, he served as uh, a lieutenant in the British Army in real life. It was, um, uh, an, it, he was in another epic in 1969's, or 1959, I should say, uh, Ben Hur. Uh, Pierre Boulle wrote the book. Uh, he also wrote Planet of the Apes, which came out 11 years after Bridge and the River Kwai. Uh, Boulle, oddly, was credited with this writing the screenplay. And it's I say oddly uh, because it's fairly abnormal for uh, a, an author to also write the screenplay. Fairly abnormal. Uh, but especially when he doesn't speak English. Yeah, Pierre Boulle didn't know English at all, or very little of it. And uh, But he got credit for the screenplay, and the, the, the film won Best Screenplay. Uh, but indeed, it was not he that wrote it. It was uh, Carl Foreman and Michael Wilson, who were blacklisted at the time. So they wrote this in secret uh, without... Everybody knowing because they were blacklisted uh, because of the 
the big communist uh, hullabaloo um, in the 50s. Uh, But uh, let's see. uh, The film scores 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. uh, And it... It's it's great film. It really is. Uh, it won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Screenplay, uh, Best Film Editing, Best Original Score. And I think all of the awards were uh, deserved, in, 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 in my opinion. Uh, best Cinematography. Um, and, uh, you know, Bridge and the River Kwai, 1957, uh, directed by David David Lane, starring Alec Guinness and William Holden, just a fantastic film. I I highly recommend it. And um, what I'm going to do now is I am going to ask everybody who hasn't seen this film to go ahead and stop listening to the podcast for right now, and because we're done with that portion. Uh, what I want to do is I want to talk about the ending. And so I'm going to give everybody just a couple of seconds to please terminate the podcast. Have a great day. We appreciate you coming. Um, thanks for listening to Cinema Chat with David Heath. Uh, but I want to talk about the, the, the ending, which is a little bit of a spoiler. So one two, three. Okay, now we're going to talk about the ending. Um, In the ending, we see that beautiful bridge that Colonel Nicholson helped supervise build, that impossible task of that bridge being built. And it was beautiful. It was a beautiful bridge. It's kind of amazing. And uh, we see that train coming. You know, you know, we see it coming with the big old Japanese flag on the front of it and everything. Uh, but we, we we see it. We hear it. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And meanwhile, all these uh, all these U.S. operatives, uh, USA operatives, are are plotting to destroy the bridge. And Colonel Nicholson kind of gets in the way of things. And... Colonel Nicholson took great pride in this bridge. Um, and he's informed, or not informed, but he's told uh, at, at the end of the movie, or near the end, you know, hey, I, I, you know, there's going to be some people who have a problem with this because you helped build a bridge that could help jet the Japanese, which could be considered treason. Well, first of all, it's just a bridge. Anyway, it isn't like he picked up a gun and, and you know, and got into battle. Uh, he built a bridge. That's what they. That's what he did. But um, it is curious to think about what um, you know Colonel Nicholson could have been responsible for, and if in you know could this potentially be treasonous or or criminal in any in any way, shape, or form? That's something to think about. Uh, but. Um, the brilliance of the ending is it's somewhat ambiguous. And we of course see Colonel Nicholson land on the, um, on the, uh, detonator, uh, to blow up the bridge. Uh, but of course he's falling and 
does he fall on purpose uh, on the detonator or is this just an accident um, hard to know hard to say and I think the film wants you to guess um, and that's somewhat of the brilliance of, of, of the film but the look in the eyes of Alec Guinness when he sees William Holden he says you um, you know because he realized that somebody was messing with the bridge you know, Colonel Nicholson is walking around thinking something's really wrong here. And then he walks around and he realizes uh, that there's a real problem. And then he realizes that it's part of a trick to build uh, or to bomb the bridge. So did he have this last second? Um, you know what? I'm I know I know I'm taking pride in this bridge with that. I just finished building with my with my uh, my men, but now I'm going to destroy it. Um, because the men had all left uh, the camp. They moved on to another camp. And, um, you know, but it's, uh, it's interesting to think about. Um, one of the things I should have brought up earlier in the podcast, which was um, that I really liked the way Colonel Nicholson, you know, stood fast and made sure uh, that, he was standing his ground. He wasn't going to let uh, Colonel Santo tell him what to do. No, you are not going to have me uh, have have me do manual labor, or my men, or my uh, my officers do manual labor. They're not going to do it. And and he stood fast. But then when it came down to uh, when it came down to uh, the other colonel, the Japanese colonel, saying, "You go ahead." And build this bridge with your men the way you think it should be done, and I'm trusting you. Well, you know, Colonel Nicholson dove in, and he just really uh, did everything with pride, and it's an amazing thing to watch. Uh, we see all kinds of of we see all kinds of emotions from uh, from. Alec Guinness here in this movie, um, you know, we see pride, then we see, you know, desperation, but with that, but not giving in. Uh, we see sadness. Uh, we see uh, a bit of forlornness. Is that a word, forlorn? But, you know, he's certainly forlorn uh, while he's contemplating what life is really about with uh, the other colonel. And uh, they have a um, kind of a nice little moment there uh, together. Uh, we see happiness and joy. Uh, we see fear and anger uh, at the end. And then we see him land on the detonator uh, as he's dying. And so, who knows? Uh, but anyway, now, if you are still listening, I appreciate you hanging on. I hope nobody got this spoiled but the ending is just too grand and too great to not talk about a little bit uh but uh, you've been listening to cinema chat with david heath and um and uh, again my coincidentally my name is david heath and um, i appreciate to you listening and we'll talk to you again